0: Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as my right-hand man, the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted
1: Fells. Whatever, <laughs> what? I don't see myself as uh, right hand man. I don't see any of that kind of stuff because every uh, week the Zoom link is not right. Uh, every week, every oh, week, that, we, it's, we in have my, a- it's in my calendar, and that is not the right Zoom link. Every week, man, have your assistant just put me send the same invite to you, and why well, I get a different one. So, you know, normally we
0: do this thing. I say I have something that's on my mind, but obviously Ted recently has been
1: having something on
0: his mind.
1: Yeah. that, that he you, I, I guess I'm just, you know, you don't want to co-host no more. You just want to host. You want to you co-host no more. So, so we had some technical difficulties with, with Ted's Zoom link. For the past, for the past month, man. We had
0: to get past that.
1: That's right. Next next week, I'm just gonna come over there and do it with you. Then I know I'm gonna be able to have it. Right <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: on a positive note, Ted, I have to admire your virtual background. It's oh yeah, it's a little different this week. <laughs> so, so you got away from the Las Vegas CNN theme. Just figured you go with
1: just a plain background. I'm in my home office today. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah,
1: All right. So it's just.
0: All right. Well, as you can see, we've got a third square. That's our guest. We're going to introduce him here shortly. But as you can already tell, this is not your everyday podcast. Not at all. You can find us here on the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page. You can also watch us on IGTV. Shout out to those of you watching us on Instagram TV. And I would encourage you on both formats to make sure you leave comments in the comments section, leave questions uh, that you may have so that we can interact with you. So Ted, man, we are in the What Now Movement Facebook group. It it was exciting today, Mm. big day today. Yeah. We did it a little different. Okay. You know, we, we had Motivational Monday with Dr. Hattie in Washington. Oh, wow. And once again, like I told you before, she broke the internet. <laughs> it's broken. You know, yeah. all of the comments and feedback we've gotten. I mean, she actually took the time to put together these colored, color slides to really we, we decided to do a little different today uh, as far as motivational Monday, just because people's state of mind because of this upcoming election. So she really gave some good nuggets to help you to stay motivated during this election season.
1: Much needed.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you definitely want to go into the What Now Movement Facebook group and check out Dr. Hattie in Washington. She really represented for Motivational Monday. Uh, we also had Marketing Monday. People are dropping their links in left and right, their promotional links. Again, you know, that's the page where you get discovered. That's the page where you get your big break. Any comments on that, Ted? Any
1: no, no, I mean, that's that's it. If you want to get that big break? You need to drop some, drop the information about whatever it is that you that you're trying to promote. Absolutely, Motiv- absolutely. Motivational Monday for sure. All right, so Ted, I I've, yes, got, got, I've got
0: something that's on my mind. Please share. All right, thank you, thank you. So, so today I want to talk to you. From this question. Why do I need a coach? Why do I need a coach? Yeah, you know, I, I get that question a lot. So we're gonna talk about that today. We got a coach in the house. So that this is perfect okay. timing. That's right. So I already knew that. Why do I need a coach? Yeah. So let's say, like if I had a dollar for every time someone said that to me, I'd have exactly $28. But it's still a big problem.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People say
0: that to me a lot. You know, why do I need a coach? I already knew that. You know, I'm in a business setting or what have you. And they feel like they already know everything. But here's the thing. We've talked about this before. What I've noticed is that everyone who says that, they have one thing in common. That's right. They produce below average results. I mean, straight across the board, anybody that ever says to me, well, you know, I already knew that. I, I'm at this conference. Uh, I didn't learn anything. Yeah, I already knew that. Well, I don't need a coach. I already know what to do. They're, they're an underperformer in their arena. Consistently, that's something um, that I've discovered. So, I mean, the question is, why is that? Now, I was just thinking about this. Like, like, why is it that the people say that say they don't need a coach, the people that say they know it already? They have the worst results then it hit me so so i'm watching one of my favorite movies the matrix the first one not the sixth one but the first one
1: this first one
0: okay there's like six or seven of them now that's right so so i was was watching the original matrix and there's this pivotal point in the movie where the lead character neo he's having this conversation with morpheus and Uh in the scene Neo, he confirms that everything that Morpheus has been telling him is true. But before he could become overconfident, Morpheus reminded him of the following truth. And again, now this is the part of the show where you want to pull over to the side of the road, you want to press pause on the treadmill button,
1: you want put to put the hamstrings down. Ham.
0: The, the ham sandwich, you to put down the McRib
1: sandwich, just put it down. The, the McBoy, well, you touched on something. I guess you've seen that too. The <laughs> McRib is back. Yes, man, the McRib is back. We gotta talk about that later. Yeah, we're talking
0: about that. It's back, but you definitely want to put it down. <laughs> because, because here's the thing, like here is the reason that people that. You know, they say they already know they have terrible results. Ready? Okay. Ready? There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. It was one of my favorite lines in any movie, but I think it really sums up why the people who claim to know everything they don't get the results and again you may want to stay pulled over and keep your ham sandwich off to the side for this next one so you may know what to do but a great coach can help you to do what you know you may know what to do but the question is are you really doing what you know and we're in luck today. We actually have a great coach in the house. And he can shed some additional light on this thing because that, this is always my burning question. Because a lot of these things, Ted, we know what to do. Yeah. There's certain things in business. Like, we, we know that, yeah, we need to, We just, whatever reason, we don't do it. So, so we'll, we'll talk to Coach Cam, get his thoughts on that. Um, let, let's go ahead and bring him in to this lively discussion. Uh, he landed his first industry job in Houston, which is his hometown with the Houston Texans in the marketing department. From there, he hit the ground running, taking the skills and knowledge he gained uh, with him to the athletic construction industry, working in sales and marketing. He answered his entrepreneurial calling uh, by launching the Five Star Academy where he began his speaking career, writing curriculums and consulting. Then he went on to become this highly touted and sought after public speaker. He started racking up all of these appearances with dozens of NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball clubs. And he's also made appearances to the Final Four and Super Bowls. Mm. Please join me in welcoming to the 30 minute hour podcast, Coach Cam.
3: All right. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Good evening. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, man. Welcome to the 30 minute hour podcast. It's certainly an honor and a privilege to have you on our show this week. And I mean, you've done a whole lot of things, but one of the things I've noticed, it just seems like a theme about coaching and obviously it's in your name coach cam but when i looked at your bio and i did and i looked at your background the coaching just kept popping up so th- i want to know like when did you know that you had this passion for coaching
3: yeah so so that's a that's a tricky one and i think uh you know in in your dialogue you laid out beautifully um I guess how I knew, right? So, so I was very blessed my entire playing career. Uh, I had amazing coaches, and I think that, uh, like anything else in life, you don't realize, uh, like growing up poor, growing up rich, you don't really know what you've experienced until you kind of get out to the to the to the real world. And so, when I, you know, got to the real world, I was like, man, I can count on one hand the number of coaches I'd say who either worked great or maybe didn't have a great experience. I've had. I've had such a rich experience of amazing coaches, and it, it kind of started with a, um, I felt a, a, a purpose of of ownership of of giving back, right? When you really realize how good of a coach, a good experience you've had through great coaches, and you know what I'd, I'd share in your dialogue, uh, you know my my response or your monologue, I guess my response is, you know, I, I start by asking myself. So first off, I think. know wise and successful people spend more time asking questions than they do providing answers Mm -hmm. right and so you know if i were to answer your question it would be if i could reimagine my life what what services what staff would i have in place and i'd have a personal chef i'd have a fitness trainer i'd have uh, a vocal coach i'd have a business consulting coach, I'd have a CPA, I'd have a tax man, I'd have a bookkeeper, I'd have a lawyer. I mean, so, so, so really, the question of why do I need a coach? Well, you know, if, if you could reimagine your life and budget wasn't an issue, you know, and, and you could have what you want, why would you not want a specialist in every major part of your life, right? So you have, I'm assuming, a pastor, you have a person who's responsible for certain parts of the well-being of your life, why would you not want, if you're a small business owner, you know, why, why would you not want a business development coach, or why would you not want a marketing coach? Why would you not want a person who is just responsible for this micro part of your business to help it be as successful as you can? You know, there's, there's two typically two reasons. There is a cost barrier, which we all get it. We've all been there. You're not at that point yet. We understand. But then typically it's ego. More times than not, it's ego, right? So kind of to your point with the convention. I know it right so so when I was actively coaching you know at the high school level, you know in Texas, so first off in Texas, you know depending on the city, you've got the mayor, you've got the sheriff and you've got the head football coach. And depending on the city, it could be the head football coach, the mayor and the sheriff right wow. so you know when, when you do your spring tour of going to clinics, you typically get two groups of guys who go, right So the guy who goes and says, Um, I'm very knowledgeable about DBs and safeties and maybe special teams. I'm going to spend these four days learning offensive line play, tight end play, offensive schemes. I'm going to sit in my weakness. Those are the guys to your point whose careers go here. Then there's a guy who walks in and says, I know DB play. So I'm going to sit and listen to you know, corner play, safety play, free safety play, maybe a little outside linebacker, you know, they want to sit in their their strengths and they don't grow, right? So to answer your question, how great do you want to be, right? There's no limit to how great you can be. Almost everything can be taught. Everything can be learned. And so it's just a matter of, you know, do you want to put a cap on your success? And, you know, I mean, I think as, you know, I'm sure as all three of us, you get to the point to where you, you do your discovery call and you spend time listening to clients. And, you know, I think when you hit that tipping point of success, you decide, like, do I want to take this person on? Regardless of how much they know, regardless of where their business is, do you have the desire to want to get better? And if you don't, then you're probably not a good fit. For me.
0: Hmm. No, I mean, those are great points. And you mentioned having the different coaches in different areas. Like I know, like a Serena Williams and LeBron, that, that's how they're set up right? They've got a chef, they've got uh, somebody to help them with their psychology and mentality, they've got somebody that helps them with this area, and they they literally have like a whole fleet of people that travel with you.
3: You think about probably the best sport, the the, the best sport to use as a case study in our culture is baseball, right? So you think about a pro baseball player, uh, I don't know, you know, trout, for example, right? So that person has a dietitian on staff, that person has a speed guy, that person has a conditioning guy, he has a strength guy, he has a batting coach, he has a pitching coach, he has, right, so it's like, so So why, why would I not hedge my bets against my own natural talent to test point, right, but like how would I not hedge my point, how would I not hedge my, myself against my own natural value by making myself maximally uh, as good as I can in every single area of my life that's not so that's just on the field that's not your community uh, um, programming rep that's not your again like any side of your business side that's not your PR person that's not your speaking agent that's not your any of your lawyers that's not you know what I'm saying so it's like so yeah so if, if you were to recreate yourself you would have a roster of people whose job is to advise you to make wise decisions and so, again, so for the person who doesn't want it, I mean, you're telling me really, you know, you are going to be the 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 weak point of the weakest link of your business. And the, the sooner you can get out of your way, the sooner your business can, can elevate. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And so help me out,
3: Coach Cam,
0: because this, this is like there's certain things and I kind of tease this. And there's certain things that we know we're supposed to do. I mean, I'm sure like, let's say in sports, there's a certain weight you have to be at, you know, for your position, let's say. And, and you know, you, in your mind, you know what to do to stay at that weight. But for some reason, we just don't do what we know. So as, from a coaching perspective, what, why is that the case? What, what, What is it that keeps us from doing what we know?
3: So uh, what I say to that is... Um life is a series of aha and dub moments sometime at the, at the same time. Mm. Right. So, you know, so for the guy who's, who's on fat watch or maybe has to keep another you know, offensive lineman who has to keep his weight at a certain point, you know, again, through science, you know, that tracking your micros and your macros, you, you know, that the amount of energy that you X put or that you put out has a direct correlation to, you know, your weight, you know, those things, but you know, similar to the idea of the elephant and the writer you know as humans we are highly emotional animals right like super highly emotional animals and that's where the elephant comes in so the idea the whole idea of an elephant and a writer says this you know your your elephant or your emotions the are the the writer are you know more rational thoughts and the power of the elephant is it's big it's powerful but it can't go far right so you don't want to run a race with an elephant But the idea of the writer is it's small, it's weaker, but it's right there in the ear of the elephant. And so the more that you can use the R, your rationale, to control your E, your emotions, the further you can go, understanding that our emotions only get us so far. That's why people don't make it, you know, they they go through fad diets, fad workouts, fad lifestyles. You talk to them this week, they keto. You talk to them next week, they this, say that. They don't, they confuse. Well, it's like, yeah, because they're all pushing off of emotion. Well, you know, when you take a step back and you map things out using your rationale, which isn't as sexy, which takes staying power, that's the value of a coach to keep you on track. You said it best. And in fact, you know, I, I'd end by saying this. Uh, most of the words in our in our language have either um, um, greek base. Or they have some type of Latin-based, right? Like the words in, in our in our in the English language. The word "coach" is one of the few American-based words. The word "coach" comes from the word st- "stagecoach." So you know, people know that uh, lacrosse is you know, the first American sport, right? Like Native Americans used to play lacrosse, you know, here before. Uh, Got colonized. I know the right way to say it before, Chris, before Christopher Columbus came and did his thing, right? So the whole, so the whole, the, the whole idea of a coach literally came from the stagecoach driver, whose job was to take the team or take players from one place to the other, even if they didn't want to go. Because if you think about it, you know, you talk, you guys talk about being in the DMV. I'm here in Houston. You got to the country. Country dark is country dark. Right, like, like black is black when he got in the country and so there'd be times when these lacrosse teams would travel and they'd be afraid of the dark and they wouldn't want to go from colony to colony or town to town because they didn't want to travel in the dark so the whole idea of a coach is to push you from one place to the other even if you don't want to go it's my job as a coach to help you get there
0: mm. yeah that's also. Awesome. I'm in the coaching game and I've never heard it broken down that way Yeah, no that that's really good and that really, that confirms the reason to get a coach, right? You know, to, to, because we've got, like you said, we're emotional beings and you need that outside person to help push you to where you need to go. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if you could go back in time to when you were at the University of Houston, you know, knowing what you now know, what, what advice would you give to yourself?
3: Ooh uh this group is 18 and up our listeners <laughs> um so i was on so you know u of h now university of Houston has a ton of success right so we you know we're at one point number four in the nation a couple of years ago we're down a little this year just had some guys transfer out but for the most part we're a top 25 for the most part program um when i was there we were and eleven um one season so we lost to rice we lost to texas it was uh 2001 so you guys remember they canceled that they the week of 9-11 they canceled games to push to the end of the season yeah. we lost to georgia that you know that that pushback game we lost to louisville tulane marquette didn't have football we lost marquette we lost to everybody <laughs> <laughs> and so uh <laughs> That year, I traveled half that season. And so I, uh, I didn't travel the entire season. So I remember this one time I was, was speaking to my my position coach, who who is a, a world-class coach. He actually won a Super Bowl with the Broncos in 2016. He's coaching for the Bears, I think, now. Um, but I remember going to his office and saying, like, I'm not even traveling the 0-7, 0-8 at the time team. Like, why am I here? And I wasn't. this wasn't the time of, like, Athletes forcing, you know, transfers. I wasn't looking to transfer. Just as a nineteen-year-old, I was disillusioned, you know. And so, to the point of the Matrix, he he said something so then like he said, "You're here because you're supposed to be here." And and what he meant by that was, if you can learn how to lose here, you're gonna learn how to win in life. Hmm. But you do you're gonna have to learn how to lose. Um, I took those words and I'll never forget them. And it's been almost 20 years, but I didn't understand those words until I was a full adult, right? And, and so what I say to that is like, if I could freeze time and like sit in that lesson, you know, though like from 19 to 23, if I could have sat in that lesson of you're here because you're supposed to be here just in life, you're here because you're supposed to be here. Um, that would be really the, the biggest takeaway for me from those years.
0: Wow. Hey, that's profound. So you're, you're yeah. here because you're supposed to be here. Huh. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so we're here on the 30-Minute Hour podcast. We're here with Coach Cam. Again, it's not your everyday podcast. Join us on Facebook. 30 Minutes our Facebook page and on the IGTV. We got people from the Wet Now Movement that are logging on. Again, please make sure you're typing in your comments.
1: So you can they're, be... they're And they're here because they're supposed to be here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Supposed to be here. Yeah, that's- That was
2: that,
1: that uh, <laughs> good. I'm gonna be using that all the time. Supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. But what you, am I doing oh, here? You're supposed to be here. Supposed to be here. <laughs>
0: and that, that that strikes me because i i've had times in my past where i seem like i'm in a position and it doesn't seem like i'm going anywhere right you yeah. look from a career standpoint you know i'm watching other people getting promoted i'm not i'm just seeing like a, but but you said it's true you know I, i'm supposed to be here and, and there's things i'm doing now based off of lessons i learned from that season that's true mm. no that's great but but it, it that that takes wisdom it's easier it's simple but it's not easy right if that's one of the things you look back on, but no, that that's profound. Good stuff, good stuff. So, so you began your career working in the Houston Texans marketing department. So, so how did that experience prepare you for what you're doing now?
3: Yeah, so, so i say there were three. So first off, I was, I was born an entrepreneur. Um, I, I, I talk about all the time, you know, our education system, our culture, breeds people to go work at google it doesn't breed Sergy brand right so the 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 founder of google and so um at nine years old man i had lawnmowers tied to my bicycle i was up and down cutting people's grass i used to actually cut people's grass once i figured out the game i would cut people's grass and then knock on the door and be like i cut your grass you don't have to pay me if you don't want to but i cut your grass <laughs> It, it, that work the next week i cut their grass and i wash their car but like I-, I wash your car too you ain't got to pay, right so i mean i was just, just born an entrepreneur and um well, the, you know what i my takeaway from the texans was and i say this lovingly i still do work i'm, I'm so i'm currently the houston texans play safe coach i'm uh uh influencer if you will in, in the houston area around Youth and family activities and programming in the youth space, and so I say this lovingly, not as a critique. But what I learned there was, people will gladly trade their time for money, Mm. and I was one of those people. And it wasn't until I had a colleague who would get to work five minutes before the boss, and would meet the boss at the light leaving out, like, and then you realize, like, you're not doing more work than me. So, so yes. You know you're making more money than me because you're logging more hours but at some point like i i'll trade my time i'll trade my minute for a dollar easily right and so so yes maybe your check has a little more money on it but we're doing the same amount of work and so if you're working 75 hours i'm working 60 hours 65 hours who actually is working more and worth more and so um you know again that, that's not a hard lesson i learned through the texans more so, that was a job. That was something I learned in my first job. I, I think I'd have figured that out no matter where, you know, my first job was. Was you know, some people will gladly trade money for time, and that's okay, right? I mean, you, you need that in the ecosystem. But I think that was the beginning of me saying like, yeah, no. I mean, you know, I know my value. I know what skills that I bring to the table. And if I can get a project done in forty hours and it takes you sixty hours, then I'm actually making more profit.
0: Hmm. Hmm. but but some of that kind of goes back and ted chime in as someone who's been you know a solo i'm an entrepreneur for years and years some of that is just kind of how we're conditioned right work hard yeah you know go to school work hard just uh, not necessarily you know knowing the difference between you know being active and
1: being effective you know we just i mean i think as a i think think as a as an entrepreneur it's probably a little different because you're passionate about what you're doing and it's and it's yours right so it's like it's like that that new toy and you just don't want to put it down versus if you're doing that and you're working for someone else I think it's a little I think it's a little little different in that because people say to me all the time Ted you're working you work all the time I'm like oh. I mean it's not really work it kind of becomes kind of kind of what you do you know, I'm playing around on social media on LinkedIn. I'm like, you're working all the time. Like, what is that? I mean, you, you're you playing around on Facebook and posting five pictures of yourself and saying it's the five picture challenge. I'm over here trying to connect with somebody. I mean, is that a
2: thing?
3: I don't manage my own social media and I had to get on it a couple of days ago to like update my security information. Yeah. And so first off, like Facebook looks like I don't know what Adderall would look like if Adderall were an app.
1: <laughs> but it's like,
3: it's like everything hit me at once. I have been on oh, it yeah. all year. And so yeah. I, you know, I'm on there, so I scroll. And it's like, I was like, why is this person posting so many pictures of themselves? So I so that's like a new challenge, I'm guessing. I I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, the thing is so funny about it, though, is that like, this is the, the five look challenge. And I've seen people posting like 10 pictures. Yeah. They're like, no, five is not yeah. enough. I'm going to give you five times two.
3: Give ten pictures of me. Yeah, that's crazy. Folks will do it. Folks will do oh, yeah. It. You, know, you know, I think it's interesting. I have a very, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't, uh, I'm not a big social media guy. I mean, obviously, I think we all made reference to, like, it, it is an amazing tool to drive your business, right? So from a consumer standpoint, I'm not a real big social media guy. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I, well, I try to be very aware of what I put into my body. I'll say that from a dietary standpoint to, you know, getting lift and runs into, you know, TV and basketball wives and champagne. Right. So it's like, you know, don't put, don't put junk food in your body. That's the first thing, right? So like if you put junk food in your body, just know that you're going to get junk food performance. Now, you know, that's not to say that like, you can't watch junk food or, or consume. So, so the same way that if you're on a diet, and you know, you guys don't have Whataburger. You got Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we do. So 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 if you're on a yeah. diet. I mean
1: we get we, we Eric and I normally go there and we get the grilled chicken salad. And, I mean, I don't know why at, at, at Chick-fil-A.
3: Exactly. That's a shame. That's a shame.
1: So <laughs> with a with a with a with a, a side of a chicken sandwich and some waffle fries.
3: There you go. That's all talking about. <laughs> but you gotta get the brownie if you gonna go out again.
1: All
2: right. But That's no, right.
3: That's right. Right. So so like if you're on a diet and you say, okay, Tuesday drive home. I'm going. This is my cheat meal. I'm going to go get whatever I want to get. There's a difference between, you know having a mapped out cheat meal of this is my 30 minute dive into social media for the night or this is my guilty pleasure netflix binge or this is my chick-fil-a in and out burger whatever right like being intentional about it but if you aren't intentional about it you know you'll fool around and get caught so when i began my you know lifestyle healthy whatever you want to call it losing weight i mean I, i was 300 pounds two years ago i mean i was every bit of three bills and so know when you begin to figure out well i'll eat subway for lunch and then you look at the sugar that's in the bread and then i'll get i'll get a foot long with no chips or i'll get a six inch with some sun chips sun chips are fried (laughs) just because they brand and market it as you know like they use the word sun in in the name they're not baked (laughs) (laughs) they're fried Right. right and so it's like until you become intentional and kind of what i said earlier of like What's my relationship to this thing? What is my relationship to social media? What is my relationship to, you know, Netflix? What's my relationship to Chick-fil-A? What's my relationship to my workplace? What's my relationship to my commute? It's like, yeah, you know, if you're and you know, I work from home. If at one point I had an hour 15 commute easy, like like with relatively light traffic. If if you're spending 75 minutes listening to whatever you're listening to. And you missing the opportunity to put some scripture in your body, to put some sermon in your body, to put some learning, some education. If you're not right, so it's like you, you just you're just a consumer. And if you're a consumer, then you want to be sold to, so you know, come buy some of what I'm selling. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if you're a consumer, I mean, yeah. Curtis Mayfield had a song about that, the Pusherman, right? So like, you know, if, if, if you, just. <laughs> you know, I was looking for a pusher, man. And, you know, might as well support black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I right,
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, as you
0: transitioned from the Texans to, and you started working in the athletic
3: construction industry.
0: W- what exactly is that, for, for the sake of our followers, the athletic? Yeah,
3: yeah. So, uh, I left from there and worked for a guy. Real solid guy. Um, I eventually broke off and started doing my own thing, but I started working um, in sports construction. So sports construction essentially is athletic surfaces. If you can imagine, um, you know, the park at your park and rec or the tennis club at your HOA, basketball courts in people's backyards, tennis courts in people's backyards, uh, a bond passes. So, you know, school gets torn down and rebuilt or there's expansion in the area code. So they're putting new schools up you know, if, if you think about in just your day-to-day life, you probably come across way more athletic surfaces than you realize, be it the turf space that's at your gym in the morning, whether it's a track you walk on, you know, with, with your family, your kids are at soccer practice or tennis practice. So, so all of these surfaces, surfaces either need to be built, need to be maintained, or need to be rebuilt. And so I started off, uh, the crew, and I, I'll tell you one thing about me: is I, I'll tell you what I'm good at, and I'll tell you what I'm not good at. Yeah. Uh, that that crew work not only is it strenuous, which I have no problem working hard, but when I tell you I can't draw a straight line to save my life, <laughs> man, there are so many. We, we we do like a full court basketball court, you know, fifty by one hundred, or a double bank tennis court, sixty by one twenty, or even somebody's backyard is even worse. A thirty by fifty basketball court, and that thing me just, just man. (laughs) (laughs) So um, instead of getting fired, I I at least give him credit. He was like, "Yeah, let's put you somewhere else." (laughs) And so, so I began to sell. Now, now, now my 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 learning, my learning opportunity there. I'm being deeply critical of myself. Is um, going back to you know, you're here because you're supposed to be here. I was transitioning from, from the operations team to sales, which is a cushier job, I guess, or maybe like serve my natural skill set better, but I didn't know how to sell. And so, you know, my relationship with the owner, which was was relatively strong, I'd always be asking him again, my athlete, he was a former athlete, like, you know, teach me, I wanna know, I wanna know how do you sell, how do you close, how do, and what I didn't know was how to, how to, I wasn't a great problem solver, right, so again, something I said earlier, like, almost everything can be taught, everything can be learned, I limited my earning, because I didn't know how to learn, like, so, so the idea of, I read a book a couple of years ago, maybe 2018, 2019, called Fanatical Prospecting, right, where it it just teaches you, essentially, like, the value of a pipeline, and then you know, again, if, you know, you can close all day, you can intro all day, but if that pipeline isn't full, like at some point, you know, three days of not developing a pipeline really cost six or even even nine, right? And so I, I did not, I didn't know how to prospect. I didn't know how to cultivate leads. I didn't, I didn't appreciate inbound leads. I mean, so they would come in instead of me having to go seek them out, right? And so, um, I had some success there, but I look back now and it's like, wow. I mean, you know, I I blew so many opportunities, and I truly did not understand the science of sales. And I also was of the same mindset that Eric brought up earlier of, I'm not a sales guy, right? And so it's like I just need to be able to get in front of a guy, I can be genuine and I can convince him. But you know, taking on the medal of being a salesperson, well as an entrepreneur, we're all salespeople, right? Regardless of whether we're selling our product, we're selling our vision, we're selling our values, we're selling our ethics, we're selling our unique piece of the puzzle that makes us, you know, dominant within our niche, within our niche, within our niche. We're always selling. And so until I was, uh, until I had the hubris enough to say, no, it's not that you're a salesperson, you just don't know how to do it. So you're running from what you don't know how to do. And so until I took that piece of humble pie, um, I succeeded. But you know, in hindsight, I could have done much better. Hmm. Wow.
0: Okay. All right. And so then you you went on to start the Five Star Academy. So, so, so what inspired you to start this
3: venture? So Five Star Academy started off as a sports training company. So I literally, you know, in the Texas sun, uh, trained athletes. And so this is, I say, this was the first like really big business uh, lesson in you know for me right so i i would literally train athletes 60 dollars an hour um at the time i'm in my mid-20s um, i've got energy I'm, I'm ready to go so i would train for maybe six hours a day and so if you think about it in texas sun you've got you know the sun comes up at seven maybe you've got a couple hours you know in the morning kind of rest and recover in, in, in midday and then kind of pick it up in the afternoon and so you say to yourself, okay, you do the quick math, you got six hours to train. If I can stay booked, that's 360 bucks a day. You know, that ain't bad. You know, you, you train five days a week, that, that's that's high cotton. Well, well, then it's like, well, you know, it's Houston. So it rains every day, right? And so, you know, so maybe you're trying to make up and schedule. So now, you know, you average six hours a day. So you're in the train four yesterday. So you're trying to figure out how to, know train an, another pick up two hours the next day you physically can't do it or the fields you you train at flooded so bad that they're closed for a week right and so it's like wait a minute so if i learned the first lesson at my first job of trading time for money then what i learned in the second place or with five-star academy was you know this isn't a scalable business i can't i can't make money while i'm not working and while i am again a hard-working I, you know like you know, too many people who gonna outwork me i physically can't work more than six hours without either you know my physical health or the product that i'm providing to my clients declining and so um so that was the first that was the first year the second year, so okay well let me let me refocus this so if i focus on small groups so groups of three to you know 10 people i charge 30 bucks an hour now I'm making 150 to 300 bucks an hour. So now I'm scaling up how much I'm able to make. So now if I only train four hours a day, you know, it's offset by how much I'm making, which is kind of like the trap of the executive. So, so you're making more. So you're kind of, you know, lower by that. But even that it's like, well, I can't scale this. So this is on the other side of town. And again, Houston spread out. I mean, it, it, it takes 45 minutes to an hour to get to the other side of the town, each way in no traffic. So I'm driving back and forth. I'm not, you know, compensating myself for the time of traveling. So the third year, I'm like, this, you know, this this is, you know, it's not working. I'm not a quitter, so I'm not going to quit. I've got to figure this thing out. And I think that's when I began to sit in deep thought. So I looked at the skills that I built up. I looked at my book of business and I said, okay, if I could reimagine my business, what would I do? First thing is I would have a business where I can hire people. And so, again, maybe I picked up some of these sales. So maybe I'm closing and selling, but I can't, you know, number one, I'm proficient in football, basketball, you know, speed training, strength training. I don't know tennis. I don't know soccer. I'm limiting myself. So, and again, that's a bit of an ego swallow. So then it was like, so then I read, uh, I read this quote from, from Warren Buffett and it changed my life. And he was asked a question, if you were to start over in business, what would you do? And his answer was, I would drive a business to the biggest consumer in the country, the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I pivoted my business from being a sports training business to an after-school service mm-hmm. provider. And so instead of billing parents and families at 60 bucks or 30 bucks an hour, I would build. I would build ISDs and nonprofits, at 120, 130 bucks an hour, contracted out. And now I'm beginning to understand, hadn't mastered it yet, but I'm beginning to understand cash flow and passive income. Right. So um, I can staff out four hours a, a day or, or you know, six hours a day across the city and send six different people out and pay them well, pay them 20, 30 bucks an hour, and I'm making 1, a thousand bucks and so um, you know, that's when like the idea of scaling really was introduced to me. So,
1: so, so, so Coach Camden was coaching himself.
3: Yeah. That's Well, so 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 some of it, I will say this. Now, I started practicing stoicism about a year and a half ago, about about a little over a year ago. Um, and you know, when when Eric was talking about the, the Morpheus Neo scene, which I do remember. So the first Matrix is, you know, class right? it's top top twenty movie, top ten movie. Um, you know, it's the whole Confucius quote: "The man who knows something knows he knows nothing at all." Right? And So the reason why you need a coach is if you are aware of a deficiency, then that's your actual moment of enlightenment. And so it's not about trying to patch that deficiency that you have; it's about identifying it, being okay with it. Understanding that I need to instead of trying to patch that one, pull all the plugs out and figure out where all my weaknesses are, and then address them. That's what a wise man does.
0: Wow! Yeah, it's all about self awareness. There's another quote that you're you're controlled by those things you're unaware of. So yeah,
1: I think self awareness is the key. And that's that's what a lot of people I think a lot of people miss. So go so, camera. Let me ask you this, Coach Cam. So so some of our listeners right now may be listening to this and they're like, okay, well, how do I uh, determine the right coach for me? Great question.
3: Yeah, so the first So, <laughs> so the first <laughs> thing I'll say is um, a great fit for, so first off, chemistry is undervalued, right? So the idea of I don't have to like this person, but they're getting me what I need. That's the emotion thing. You won't stick to it, right? And so, you know, if, if there's not a, a, a chemistry fit, it's not a right fit. The second thing is, does this person tell me what I want to hear or do they tell me what I need to hear? And that's where it gets a little tricky, especially in the sports area. Like, you know, Houston or Texas is so big with like select, you know, sports and, and specialized coaches. These coaches tell you whatever. Oh, yeah, your kid's are next LeBron. This kid's throwing heat 85 miles per hour. As long as that check clear, <laughs> right? right. And, so, and so some of it is you got to look at your track record. And so what, what, so is there a chemistry there? Does this person have a track record of success? Does this person have their own system or methodology built out for their own success? So the whole idea of you want a barber who, whose hair looks crazy, right? So it's like, if all you do is coach out of a box, or you bought a course and took a course on how to coach, well, well who, who, who's your OG right so who's coaching who's guiding you and so yeah. you know that and then the last thing is for me this is just across life be aware of the person who knows everything and so you know you do your discovery call you book six sessions with a person and they giving you tax advice and relationship advice and they're trying to come and be and it's like dude like ha- have a proficiency and, and, and not to say that you can't expand upon your proficiency and knowledge but you know going back to what we talked about earlier, I don't think LeBron is listening to his dietitian about, you know, his sponsorship deals. And so understanding that you've got this space of proficiency that, you know, you're the best at. And so that's what I say for what, you you know, when you're looking for a coach, you know, make sure that they check those boxes.
1: Now, is it now just kind of addition to that? Is it necessary that that coach have experience in what you you know, in your area, right? Like let's say you're, you know what I'm saying? Like if if you're a person that's into like real estate, I mean, do you need a, a, a coach that has experience doing real estate?
3: Yeah. So what I say is not necessarily, I think sometimes I know for me, I found the biggest value I'm able to provide to my clients is my lack of knowledge in the space, because I'm giving you a deeply objective perspective, right? So mm-hmm. one, one that comes to mind for me is a colleague or or, or a client rather who uh, had a bakery or was trying to grow a bakery. And, you know, so the first thing I'll go and say is like, I'll tell you what I know and I'll tell you what I don't know. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, to that point, you know, being able to ask, or being able to, as a as a coach, expose myself to ask what may be perceived as dumb questions, right? And so help me understand your cogs for a bakery. Like I I, I know what cogs are. I know what costs of goods are. I don't know how you necessarily monetize the difference between you know evaporated pet milk and organic whatever, right? Or like you know does, does this does this menu item need this unique uh, uh, ingredient? Or is it something you can get away with, with, uh, with the off brand, or is this one signature ingredient, what makes use of your cookie special than the other person, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that while you do want to have someone who has some type of like idea of what you're talking about or idea of your service space, I think that, you know, there is a fresh perspective to working with someone who maybe just isn't as entrenched because kind of to Eric's point, I'm not bringing my preconceived notions about here's a box kit of how you run a bakery. Um, You know, kind of getting back into some of my businesses. I love the disruption model. I love finding businesses that are antiquated, that are black and white, that are analog and just shaking them up. And you shake them up by asking questions. And so uh, I actually had a call today with a person and they sent me a... uh, 1995 Volkswagen, uh, like extended, uh, what they call them, a minivan. Right, you know, like, What do you think about this? And I was like, Are you about to drive around the country picking up little kids? Like, like that thing screams like child predator, like, like No, don't, like, I'm deleting this picture, you shouldn't even sent me this. And so they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like we're
1: right? Don't don't doing- don't paint, don't paint it. Don't paint it purple like Barney or something like right. that. Don't
3: like, like 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 spray paint the windows. Like no, yeah, don't, don't do it. Just don't even. Am I already my phone tap? Like no. Um, so he's like, yeah, man. You know, I'm thinking about doing like a like a men's like a nail salon or like kind of uh, aesthetics thing. What do you think? And you know, like instead of having brick and mortar, um. You know like go with like a, a mobile service and i say, well look you know so first off i personally like despise brick and mortar businesses i i i they are a necessity yes like you need a barber shop you need pizza hut right you need them but especially in our culture it's like don't give me no essential oils don't give me no bath beads you know like so with with all that being said we're talking through you know like if they were to make this purchase the steps. And I said, well, so what happens if you go inverse, right? So everybody wants to like take the, all the risks and get the loan that they really can't afford for this salon and pray that it stays open and keep their lights on. And they're not feeding their family because they're paying rent and staff and insurance. Or they get a little bit smarter and go with this, um, you know, like creeper mobile wagon, Volkswagen thing and driving across. And I said, so what if you went the complete opposite and you said i'm going to be a master of my niche so if it's men's manicures i'm going to have a a manly fingernail clipper and i'm going to create such momentum off of e-commerce that instead of having so so the traditional move is start with your flagship store which is probably like some you know corner lot you know old donut shop and and grow it and grow it and grow it and grow it and if it's successful best case scenario maybe we'll add a signature product but they want you to start with the signature product right so that's that's when you get getting the risk parity right so if you put all this stuff on the line and the brick and mortar doesn't work you're in trouble you're in deep debt if you put all this stuff on the line and the wagon doesn't work you're still pretty deep in debt if you put all the things on the line and this e-commerce doesn't work you're out like two thousand bucks worst case scenario right so why don't you start with e-commerce, find a signature product, again, a uh, uh, nail clipper, a, a polisher, I don't know. But you 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 drive that to the point to where there's so much revenue that now you can validate either the, the, the wagon or a flagship store. And when you do that, you can charge what you want to on both of those because people are not paying for the experience. So, so I know that if I've got the fingernail clipper and I'm in Houston or it's a wagon, so it's mobile, I'm at essence i'm at the grammys i'm at you know whatever right like whatever events that you know people go to within your niche when they see your wagon and they step in they're not asking how much it costs they don't care about how much it costs they came for the experience if they just came for a transaction go hit my shopify store right and so it's like until you can like until you're willing to shake up what you think you know you're going to be keep hustling backwards wow yeah, and, and that just speaks to the need
0: for a coach. Because it's hard if you're running a business, especially if it's like brick and mortar. And so when you get to this thing, you're just putting your head down and going for it. And, and a lot of times you're, you're too close to it to really see kind of, okay, this is just a strategic view that I need to be taken. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure.
2: So so you've
0: you gone on and you have spoke to the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, So so tell us about like your most
3: memorable engagement out of all of these that you've had. Man, so uh, my most memorable actually isn't any of those. My most memorable speaking engagement um, was about 10 years ago, maybe 12. Um, I'm speaking to a coaching convention here in Houston and every one of my mentor coaches is in the audience. Like, oh, nice. so, so I, I was very blessed to have, like, you know, so Ray Seals, one of my mentor coaches, he was a head coach at Madison High School, he coached Vince Young and probably a couple of dozen NFL guys, uh, Gary Dunham was one of my mentor coaches, um, a little known fact, he coached at Cashmere High School, he's retired now, he coached at Cashmere High School, Cashmere is the sec- Cashmere High School, Houston, Texas, is the second leading high school to produce NFL talent. In like in the history of the NFL, right? And so, um, not only am I speaking in front of my peers; these I went guys. To the wrong
1: man, I went to the wrong high school. I guess that's what <laughs> happened. Okay, I, I knew someone, right? Yes. You gotta, you gotta get some soft in your mouth, baby.
3: That's what it's all man. about. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I'm sorry, um, man. So, so speaking in front of those guys um, in my early 30s about anything so so what i was speaking about was character how to build a program and and using um you know athletics as a educational system which i believed in i had success in it so i was not i deserved to be on the stage but you know i mean that's that was you know, even flashing back thinking about it was like man that was so intimidating just because of how much you know regardless of the success they had i hail those guys just in such high high esteem and high regard.
1: Wow.
3: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mm.
0: So then you actually spent some time, you went back and coached high school at the high school level for several years. And you had tremendous success. I mean, that, that was just an interesting pivot to go from you know, being an entrepreneur and then you went back and coached high school. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so I got, you know, I got offered an amazing opportunity. Um, I was, uh, I was the youngest head coach in the city by Five or six years, I was the youngest athletic director by like 15. And so, again, just the you know, it just is an opportunity I couldn't pass. Um, they were very supportive of the work that I did, and so I was able to transition some of my work. So, I actually put a pause on Five Star Academy out of ethics. I felt a certain way about drawing a check from a school or a school district and then doing con- you know, being contractually bound to another school district. So I put a pause on Five Star Academy. I continued my speaking, continued my training, um, continued the work I did in the community. And actually, you know, I think that's that's a good point to touch on. A lot of folks would think you have to pause those things. Those things are what made me an attractive candidate to that school. And so, um, you know, I, I say in all humility, uh, we were able to win a lot of games in a relatively small amount of time. I, I do take very little credit for it. Um, you know, I got, I was, in that window of like the, the, we had a very talented locker room, super talented locker room, um, and you know a coaching trick. You always schedule a couple of wins, right? So, right, right. Like schedule some wins. Right. So right. schedule some wins. We had a very talented locker room, and the one thing I'll tell you what my secret was: the school I was at had not formally introduced the off-season program. So those kids did not know how to work hard or as hard as they could. They didn't know what failure looked like. They didn't know what failure underweight looked like. So one of the things when we built our culture was, you know, we would, uh, the school was, was a uh, under, underserved school. It was 85% Hispanic, 14% black, and like one lost white kid that like didn't know why he was there, right? And so, um, just the culture of brown and black people, especially masculine, you know, boys, is to, you know, use a caste system to pick at the kids who are smaller, weaker, younger. And so when we brought this off season program together, the older kids, the linemen, the stronger kids would shame the younger kids. So the younger kids or the smaller kids, the DBs, the corners, the safeties, the receivers, wouldn't get better because they they weren't working hard because they didn't wanna get jeered on by the older kids. So we completely flipped the culture around and we would celebrate. So when a kid was underweight and he failed the entire locker room, it Mm -hmm. would just feel like thunder under your feet, right? We would just celebrate that kid failing. And we also made a very clear distinction it's okay to fail. It's never okay to quit. Like I'll I'll live with you failing seven days a week. I can live with failure. Wow. Oh, hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold
2: on,
1: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You yeah, said to drop
1: that on us. You yeah. just drop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you say that again?
0: Because I thought that was something else. Please say. Mm. It?
3: Yeah, it, it's okay. We celebrate failure. We 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 never live with quitting, right? So so a kid a kid could be underweight. A kid can be trying to make a time. A kid can be trying to make a performance-based goal. That went for academics as well. Like, I can live with you failing. I can celebrate the failure. We loathe. Like, we, we despise quitting. We don't quit. Mm. And so what that turned into for us was we began to change the culture of the weight room. And so, um, you know, we had a lot of kids coming over. Again, very heavy Hispanic. We had a lot of kids coming over from soccer. Soccer kids don't like to lift weights. I think it makes them, you know, heavy and it's like, no, dude. So, so you can't, you can't catch because you play a sport where you kick all your life, right? But you want to talk about a natural transition to a corner or a safety, uh, urban. So again, like we're talking, like middle of Houston, like like soccer is a physical sport. Like urban inner city soccer is physical. So you're okay mixing it up. You got better hips than half the kids that are on uh, that are on on a roster now. And so we just began to attract kids into the program. And before you know it, we, you know, we were able to have a ton of success. And so, um, you know, I think to Ted's point, being an entrepreneur that I am, I saw the window, I said, like, okay, what well, time for me to transition, right? And so I was like, cool, let me leverage this. And that's really where I got the, you know, I, I was already known by Coach Cam, but that's where I earned the name Coach Cam. And, you know, when it comes to consulting, I have a very uh, unpopular uh, perspective right so like so many consultants call themselves coach right So, like I'm, I'm coach jack and you know we're, we're gonna get was like look have you ever called a play on 31
2: <laughs>
3: and got and, and got it wrong <laughs> right? right you ain't no coach bro right I'm not right. trying to hear it I'm not trying to hear it and so you know I, I get it but I do think that the word coach and it goes with consulting well you know, we don't call so-and-so like, you know, PhD consultant or dentist consultant or lawyer, like, no, like, especially in Texas, like there's no, you have to be a professional coach, right? So, you know, there's some areas like California or, or like down in Florida, you can like, you know, work on cars or be a, you know, insurance agent and then go a coach at the school for two hours. Like to be a coach in Texas, you mm-hmm. have to be a degreed, certified, trained coach. Right. And so like it, it comes with certain accoutrements and bars. And so the whole idea of Coach Cam was like, yes, I've not only do I have a playing background, but I have a coaching background. And you kind of take the, uh, you know, a lot of what gave me success as a coach was, you know, my relatability to my players. And so it's like, yes, I can take the experience I've had on you know, within the gridiron, within the game and apply that to business because, you know, I'm a firm believer that athletics is an external educational system. Mm.
0: Awesome! Wow. So, so you, you've been dropping boulders on our, our followers this whole
2: episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. he just he just dropping real like real like nonchalantly like boom. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this one with y'all. Right. right. This, this is what I. I don't did. know. I don't know if they caught that one. Right. Right this is what you've been doing all day man good stuff man good for stuff sure, for sure
0: so, so how can I follow followers best connect with you
3: yeah so uh on social media coach cam cares on um on instagram on youtube twitter uh like i said i don't you know i guess people still use facebook i don't know if coach cam cares on facebook um my course win the first quarter of your day a playbook for wealth health and success uh, my book, Alpha Redefined 12 Server Leadership Principles of Legendary Leaders, and I have a complimentary magazine called Crown and Glory. All of those can be found on coachcamcourses.com. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Coachcamcourses.com. Mm. All right. Cool. So it is now time for us to go around the horn. This is Ted Fell's favorite part of our podcast this is where each of us (laughs) each of us us, we we go around and we leave a closing thought for our followers to remember so we'll start with you coach what's that final thought that you want to leave people with
3: wake up early and win the day Hmm. wake up early early in in the day yeah um you know yeah so 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 the the premise of the course is really in a nutshell um i wrote my book last year about this time last year and i did like a six city promo tour and at every stop you finish you know signing books or whatever and people kind of you know question and answer and people would ask me about like, how do you do so much in your day how do you get so much stuff done and i didn't have a, a real good answer i just said you know like i win the first quarter of my day i get up at 3 3 30 four o'clock in the morning you know i have a pretty consistent protocol that i use to to get my day started um and you know i see four o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock as the off season of your day right and so again the idea that lebron just walked off about a month ago and excuse me and won the championship is asinine that floyd mayweather muhammad ali you know works for 35 minutes like yeah that that's things that people who who have not been around the game, going back to the beginning you know, of your monologue, you wake up and you know Usain Bolt won $10 million in 10 seconds. No. <laughs> he worked his tail off the entire offseason and it manifested in 10 seconds, right? So the idea of winning the first quarter of your day is you set yourself up with so much success from four o'clock to eight o'clock that by the time you get to your desk, you know, you've got momentum rolling downhill and you're able to work, you know, offensively towards working towards your goals. So, you know, my, my thought would be win the first quarter of your day. Mm. Excellent. Ted?
1: <laughs> so, so, so coach Cam, this is really the reason why I, I, I don't really like this part is because I always go right after the guest who has been just like, throwing those boulders out, like all that. So they're in a groove, and then they drop something, then I'm like, okay, I got to come up with something. And while I'm doing that, Eric's over there taking notes, and he gets a chance to try to, you know, finish you know, finish up. So, so um, t- uh, just,
3: just, just t- tell him you punt. Just punt it to him. Punt it back.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, right.
3: Now, now, I've, now, I've done that a couple
1: times, too. I've done that a couple times. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, I, you know, oh. I just... I mean, you know, I guess, you know, just, just listening to, you know, just everything that you, that you've said today, man, and just, you've just shared so, so much with, with our listeners. And I, you know, and just thinking about just coaching, you know, coaching, you know, being in business for, you know, you know, 20 plus years ever since I was five years old, you know, being in business and, and, you know, just thinking about, you know, the need for a coach, right? Because you feel like you you feel like you know everything. You feel like you, like you you've done it. You've seen it, And you talked about kind of the whole cost versus the ego aspect of this, right? And I, and I do think that a lot of us have this this ego that we feel like you know we know it all, right? We know it all, and that you know you know what could a coach really do to to you know to help me? You know, and it's kind of interesting. I just recently brought on a a, a young a gentleman, he's like 24 years old, as an intern right? And he, you know, he wasn't, my company's a technology company, you know, he, he didn't even go to school for technology, right? But he came in and now, and I just listened to some of the questions that he asked, and like, man, like, like, you don't know anything about my business, but the questions that you're asking are just like, they're just spot on, right? And, you know, and so, so, so just knowing if someone that that's not what he's trained to do can come in and, and, you know, and be able to give you some you know, some insight then someone, and someone that that's what they do. You know, is to come in and help businesses. I could see what the, you know, what that value, you know, could be, and you know, why wouldn't you give it a, you know, give it some strong, uh, some strong consideration? So, I definitely know that this is a, you know, it's helped a lot of our listeners out today, and appreciate you coming out. Sure,
0: enough. thank you. Yeah, it's excellent. So, so my, my closing thought, one of the things, the big thing I took away from this interview coach cam is how like you you came away with a lesson from all all your experiences Mm -hmm. like most people aren't don't have that level of reflection they just things just happen to them and then then things just happen to them that's why you see people that have they've been doing something for 10 years but they really have like one year of experience repeated 10 times because they're really not not learning the lesson Right, right but like you you Uh, one of those few people, like every, every stop be like, Hey, this happened to me, but this is what I learned. Okay. You know what? I wasn't good at this, but you know, this is what I learned. And so every time, and and I think that is, that's huge. And and I think that's something that we can all focus on, you know, learn the lesson, you know, what, what what is this situation teaching me? And, and just, I've just gotten in this habit, especially if it's something that I consider to be a major disappointment. You know, the first thing i do is try to figure out okay what did i learn from this
2: yeah
0: i used to do these speech contests and if i, if I lost i'm like okay what did i learn okay yeah. well you know what i got more repetitions i got more, more time so but and, and when i look back it was always beneficial so so i, I think that's something we can all do better and i'm just glad coach cam had that level of perspective Thank oh,
3: yeah. yeah thanks man you know some of that i think comes from just the, like being an athlete right so i had this saying Never get beat the same way twice, mm. right? So like, it, it's okay. You don't want to get beat. I can live with getting beat. You're not gonna beat me the same way twice. Same way. So, so yeah, you're not gonna beat me the same way twice. And that's from relationships to money to wealth accumulation to you know dealing with difficult situations to you know hiring. And fr- you're not gonna beat me the same way twice. You are just not gonna do it. And so yeah. I, you know, it, it's worth me sitting in that loss and extracting that nugget of the lesson. Versus trying to dust myself off and not sit in the agony of defeat.
1: That's just like that uh that meme. It says, uh, "I never lose, I learn." Yeah, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Well, good. Yeah, this has been another
0: amazing episode of the Thirty Minute Hour podcast. Again, it's not your everyday podcast. Make sure you check us out right here on the Thirty Minute Hour Facebook page on IGTV on the located around 30 minute hour uh, Instagram page and until next time have a great one all right Coach Kim
3: you are you are somebody man that was some good stuff man I appreciate y'all having me thanks man I'm I'm glad I was able to contribute but this is a great experience this is fun no man, we, we, what,
1: what you doing? What you doing tomorrow, man? We get you back tomorrow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we get we can you, you back. It, you? Yeah, 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 man. We, we definitely got to bring it back. No doubt. Absolutely, about.
1: absolutely, man. We, you know, we definitely got to keep keep uh, Coach Cam on the rotation. Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah, 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 But Look, now, now, on the serious note, man, what, what y'all wizards gonna do, man? Yeah, y'all gotta be. Y'all got to be you got you all got a couple months to figure yeah. it out.
1: I mean, I mean, is John is John Wall ready to play? yet? Yeah, John Wall ain't played oh. about
3: since Julius Irvin played. I mean, he ain't been,
1: <laughs> yeah, he ain't been there
3: for years.
1: John you know,
3: trying to come back. So you know, it's funny you say that. So, you know, the Rockets, I don't want to say stuck with James Harden. John Wall is the anti-James Harden. Like, like if I were to build a player over again, it would if I were to build Harden over again, it would be John Wall. Mm. Now you know the he ain't never healthy. But, I mean, as far as like his game, yeah. John Wall's a top five player. He ain't never on the court. Like John yeah. Wall is a top five guy.
1: You me tell what's really something to think about though is that Thunder team. Mm. They had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, <laughs> and all them boys Durant. was like twenty two. <laughs> so I'm like, Davis. I'm like, why couldn't they keep keep that together?
0: See that's that's what I when people always try to discount LeBron's success, they say, well, yeah, he played with this one and that one." Think about all the teams where they they were loaded, but just couldn't yeah. get done.
3: It's one couldn't team when done. people make the argument. I bring up the nineteen ninety nine Trailblazers. They they had Pippen, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, it, they had like five All Stars, yeah. and then two years later, half of them went to the Lakers, and it was like uh i want to say it was like kobe uh gary payton carl malone it was like what? i mean yeah so so the idea that like lebron makes it happen because it's what you do it's like no i do special
1: yeah and they they don't want to give they don't want to give him credit for it i'm like man for him to beat that golden state team being down three to one (laughs) three to one and lead in every category
3: with with those shooters with those shooters dude
1: every category man and it's just like you know they're like you know well he's not Michael Jordan well Michael Jordan won all six yeah but he Michael Jordan had the same coach that Kobe had when he won all his championship and mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if you all remember the second championship that LeBron won I was the coach yeah I don't yeah <laughs> it don't point I'm making it don't matter who's coaching LeBron it don't yeah. matter he won a championship
3: with Tyrone Lu and, and oh, man. also, and also, people act like the first three-piece Jordan got, like sure, right? That second three-piece, that roster was low. Oh, people, oh, yeah. people sleep on who Rodman actually was. Like, like Rod- Rodman was that dude. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, when he brought? That what, what he, what he, what he, what he brought?
1: Gangster there, because he was he used to. You know, Rodman used to be over there with the bad boys. Mike, Mike ain't Rodman. want nothing to do with the bad boys. Right. Mm. You come down the middle won't. with all that stuff if you want, but you're like hey, George, you're gonna be you're gonna be on the right. ground. That's so, so the
0: year, remember that when Jordan left the first time, that first year he was gone. And that team won 53 games right. without him. Right. They, they made it like the Eastern Conference Finals without him.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. there wasn't no trash roster, man. They
0: were sorry. I mean no. <laughs> none of I mean LeBron's team wouldn't even make the playoffs.
3: Oh, look, 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 you take LeBron off of that, that first championship in uh uh I'm sorry, that first finals appearance in Cleveland, and they're not picking up the 18 AAU team. I mean that no. that roster was Anderson Verja was your number two.
1: That's why that's why I tell people, I said I tell people LeBron, now I can say LeBron has taken four teams to the championship. And people are like, well, four, no, no, three. I said, no, the first Cleveland team.
3: Yeah. And then the second oh, Cleveland team. Mo Williams, uh-huh. Anderson Verjohn, and, like, Uncle Bucknell. Yeah, the, the second the, – <laughs> there was nobody – I don't right think right. – I, I think they
1: may have had one player on that second Cleveland team that was on the first one. And I think that was Bergeron, and I think they traded him.
3: Other than that, yeah, it was a he, totally he, different he, team. Yeah, he, he was just like a anchor. He was a he was a paperweight. He wasn't yeah. even doing that. And he, ta- and he takes teams from last to first.
1: Like, you're in the mix. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, but he's not winning it. Yeah, but you just can't go like like we can't say we cannot say for a fact that Mike can go to could just go to any team and do that. Look, he came to the Wizards. Right. <laughs> right. everybody man, we was excited here. We was like, man, we won championship till we got out there.
3: We saw Mike could not jump no more. You think about what LeBron did with Kyrie, knowing what we know about Kyrie down? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, come on. It's, it's 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 a blessing that dude that beat that dude down every locker uh every game in the locker every game, every game. But think but think about this, and I tell people LeBron if he wants,
1: he stay healthy, right? He, stay healthy. he can play another five years. Easy. Oh yeah, easy, easy. He play another five years. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. So yeah, so um I'll I'll send you the re- the recording will be ready by like Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as the audio, it's actually it's on Facebook now um, on the 30 minute hour Facebook page. So you could and you could always share it around the video and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing also to keep in mind, you, we, we mentioned at the top, we have that What Now Movement group. Yeah, I mean, if you join, like I said, we have 1400 people in there. And I mean, you put your links in. I mean, now they know you. They've been watching you from this episode. Yeah. So feel free. Yeah,
3: just, just, just send the info, and I I get I'll join it, and then um when the, when you get the audio, I'll re, re you know repost it. Do I mean yeah, do all that stuff So make sure we maximize the exposure. All that's what you know, and so we're here for So no, we we'll definitely get that going for sure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely.
1: And we and yeah. we want to get you and want to get you in on some other things, man. Other business things that we're doing, man, and you know leverage, you know what you can do because we got, you know, we do stuff with government contracting and all that as well. Yeah, just holler at me, man. Let's do it. Yeah, no, this, uh, this is, uh, this up, I know Eric got all your yeah. your contact numbers and all of that,
3: so I guess we should be good. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I'm going to jump off this supper time. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> bro, <for sure. laughs>
1: all right, you take it easy.
3: Okay, hey, man. Right, y'all be blessed. All right. Take care. All
1: right, all right thanks.
3: All right.